0: Thank you, thank you, Bob. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Muy bien, muy bien. Uh, that's a good thing because we're. Uh, 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 I'm praying, I'm praying that the Lord will uh, uh, send uh, a couple of groups between now and a year and a half from now, from here, as a short-term missions, going to not Huey, Huey, but Wee All right. So, the first one, I enjoy that music this morning here immensely. I'll get a chance to do it again on the second service. Uh, it's, it's really wonderful. And for a few years now, we have been doing concerts, evangelistic concerts in Wewe. And we do it in churches. They pack these churches after Christmas. This is uh, December 27 to uh, January 6. It's, it's about 10 days, all right? And and now they brought up another little instrument over there. <laughs> that was great. So, <clears throat> I uh, the Lord has given us, we had uh, uh, last year uh, 23, 25 people from all over uh, the United States. This, these people come uh, for the purpose of participating in the concerts. This is the one time when the groups are made up, the group is made up from people from all over the United States and Canada. The rest of the year, we have groups coming from a single church. All right? So for December 27 to January 6, I'm praying that God will raise a good number of people here. And, and somebody came up and talked to me about maybe interested in going. So if you don't have a, a musical group gift, but you say, you know, I can be a support person. Come along. You can You can come along. All right? So we're praying for that. We need guitarists, drummer, drummers. We need gym uh, bears. Is that how you say it? Uh, Cajon. And that's another instrument that I'm learning those those names. And, and that whatever. Uh, maybe a trombone, a trumpet player, what, whatever the Lord sends. Okay? We send you the music. And we have a, a leader that will uh, do that for us, and, uh, and he will ask you questions, maybe you're a soloist, maybe you can do uh, 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 a duet or a trio or a quartet, and, and, and we put that thing together. So I hope that you can think about that. So the second thing I want to do is tell you a little bit about another ministry that we don't write a lot about, some of you know, and that is the training of Latin missionaries. Going to Muslim countries, and let me tell you, this is as a testimony. Uh, When we celebrated 100 years of the coming of the gospel to Central America, to Guatemala, came in 1882. So in 1992, we had a celebration, and the president of the country came, you know, to, to our celebration, and he was a believer. So, this is interesting. Uh, uh, The president of Guatemala in 1882 came to the United States. And he asked the president of the United States, can you send a Protestant missionary to Guatemala? And I want that missionary to go with me within a few weeks. And so, he he called the Presbyterians. He must have been Presbyterian. And so, he called them. You have a missionary. Uh, President of Guatemala wants a missionary, Protestant missionary. So, he uh, heard about the United States. He knew about the United States. He knew it was a Protestant nation. And and the things were going well for this Protestant nation. And so, he, he wanted to have uh, 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 that presence there, officially. Now, before that, there were people selling uh, uh, Bibles, New Testaments, and doing other work. There were a few other missionaries, but the official one, 1882. 1992, we celebrated the the 100 years. What happened there? Uh, we had uh, from 800,000 people to a million people, probably the big, biggest gathering we have ever had in Guatemala of any kind. And uh, and the president of Guatemala came to, to greet the crowd. And, and he was... Uh, the general Efraín Ríos Montt. That's when the guerrilla warfare ended, right at that time, okay, in Guatemala. Uh, 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 peace agreements were signed and many, many good things happened. So, we felt, the leadership, we felt that this church is old enough to send missionaries. At that time, very few missionaries were going out from all of Latin America, including Brazil. And, and, and now there are many, many, there are thousands of missionaries going out. Once that movement took, uh, uh, took fire and was really going well, we felt that it was necessary to emphasize the Muslim world. So we started something uh, through a series of symposiums. We had one in Spain, and we got together there with NAP. Uh, the lord provided the resources and gave the vision and so we brought together 24 mission agencies from the united states canada and europe these 24 mission agencies were already doing something among muslims okay and they were everywhere so we, we got them together they are they, they, they are nap north africa partnership okay and we asked them how can we better train our missionaries in latin america to go as missionaries to muslim countries they told us okay as a result of that there are three training centers now in malaga, malaga spain in the southern part of spain and missionaries come from latin america going in into north africa and the middle east and some of our missionaries get discouraged get tired they want to go home we intercept them in, in, in southern spain and they stay there, they get a little training, a little bit of R&R, they go back in. We learned that if missionaries didn't stay there for at least four years, if they left too early, many of them never went back. And so by doing that, we were able to, to see, more, uh, we still are able to see more missionaries there. So then we had another symposium in Panama. The Lord provided and we brought five key people from North Africa to uh, to to panama and they were able to tell our people this is what you need and one of the things you need is you need to to have a missions course in your bible schools and seminaries you need to have uh, a a missions department in your churches uh, or, or a committee you need to uh, to have a training center you need to start sending missionaries that means mission agencies now, in Guatemala, we have about 20 mission agencies. El Salvador, the same thing. Costa Rica, the same thing. Honduras, everywhere. There are training centers, Bible schools and seminaries are teaching missions. So, as a result, it took a little long, you know, 100 years to, to really get a little bit organized and, and do it. But now, there are thousands of these missionaries going. All right? So, I, I, I'm going to stop that part there and going to go back to this short-term mission thing. Because I was asked a question, what would the group do? Well, the first group is missions, uh, is is concerts, right? We got that, evangelistic concerts. A year and a half from now, meaning the summer of 2019, these are the things that we can do. We're going to visit Mayan and Hispanic churches, sing, whether you can sing or not. We go go up, and they don't let you hear up here, but. There we'll let you, anybody, okay? So, so, so you can sing or pretend that you can sing. And then we're up there, we're singing, we share our testimonies. It's amazing. Hispanic in Mayan churches, all right? That's one of the things that we do. We're going to do BBSs. And, and, and there are people here that have done BBSs in in, in, in Huawei, right, Susie? And, and, and it's not that hard, Right? All right, So and we have people that are also can translate and interpret for you. Very creative. But this is the thing. Now I know that you have a wanna here. And so if we do BBSs, we can do it with a carnival style, the fair style. You have different places that the kids go, and you'll be amazed. Many of these kids have never done some of the simple things that you normally do here. And you know what? Their parents also do it for the first time. They never get to play. With their kids. And it's fun to see these moms getting involved. And their dads, you know, they're, they're doing things they've never done before. And their big smiles. It's just a tremendous satisfaction as we do that, okay? We can also do a little bit of painting at the Bible School. Or you can help us do a little bit heavier work by maybe building a church. Okay? We're, we're thinking about, about that too. So I just wanted to go back to that. The Lord is starting to provide the people. People are coming to me, and they're saying, "Yes, I would like to go." Some for December, others for a year and a half from now. All right. So now let's change gears a little bit here. Uh, last Sunday we talked about being willing and available, and the idea is that I'm here. I, I, I want to get involved right now. You know, I'm, I'm going to lend a hand. I'm I'm I'm, I'm ready. Okay, and we talked about. You know, some of the people I know, there's nobody like that here. But in Huehu, well, in these short-term groups, I, I get to hear people and see people, and they get to see me too. And, and we hear this, if you, if you need any help, just holler. I'll be in my room, and they, they leave. You never see them again. <laughs> there's nobody like that here. So So, that is willing and available. Be there get involved. So now, service does have a price. There is a little bit of an effort or sacrifice that needs to be made. But there is a blessing as well. Right? So we're going to talk about that blessing. We have a little blessing in our own home. His name is Irie. All right? And one time we were in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We were at the airport flying back to Atlanta, Georgia. And, uh, you know, little kids, they make friends real fast. And he's about five. He's running around, and very soon, he's playing with another little girl. Now, Irie is a boy, although the name sounds a little different. So, our Irie finds his little girl and, and her parents, and they're playing about the same age. They're playing. No, it's not a little girl. It's a boy. So, he's playing with her, with him, and then we go into the plane. And when we get in there, Irie gets a window. And right in front of Irie is this little boy, about the same age. Okay, And they, they talk the whole way from Minnesota, from Minneapolis to Atlanta, Georgia. And so, Abby's next, and then I'm in the aisle. The same thing for the parents of that boy in front of us. Okay, So they're talking, talking, talking. At the end, when we arrive... Then we get up, get ready to go, get our things, and Irie gets up to the seat, to the, to the to the seat, and he's there leaning over, talking to this little boy. And I saw him when he went like this: put your hand over here, put your hand over here. And the little boy put his hand there, and he says, "Dear God, I want to see this boy again." And and he prayed, okay. And so five. And so Evie says, she's not aware of what's going on, but I am aware. And she says, Irie, Irie, hurry, hurry. We're we're, we're holding up the line here. Everybody wants to go, and we're holding up the line. And he goes down. He comes over to her and says, Nana, I was praying with that boy. (laughs) (laughs) So... She felt good about being reprimanded. <laughs> it would be great, huh? Uh, to, that we would be able to, to motivate others just because we're doing something. And, and, and God uses those things. Whatever you're doing, other people are watching. And, and that is an inspiration to other people. The faithfulness of coming to church... That faithfulness of coming to church is a testimony to other people too. So, anything that we do for the Lord. All right. Now, uh, John 21, 1 to 17. The beauty of of, uh, uh, a passage like this is that we know the story. Okay? So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight some of these things here highlight a few things, and and hopefully find a thread that comes through the passage. This is the third time that Jesus reveals himself to the disciples after the resurrection. Peter has denied Jesus Christ three times. Peter probably feels defeated, discouraged, depressed he feels he feels like he's a failure among his peers especially when he tried to be the macho guy remember with his sword he wanted to be protective and and i really don't think he had good aim i don't think he was trying to get one one ear first and then the other ear no he didn't he didn't have good aim and the Lord Jesus says, "Hey, Peter, just just come down. Except the ear, <laughs> it puts it back. <laughs> puts it back. He, he knew how to do that. Okay, you, you'll be fine. So, sorry about that. <laughs> Peter gets a little excited every once in a while. So now, Peter." He was not so much. when, weren't you with him? No, 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 I wasn't. He must feel bad. <laughs> he must feel bad. So that is the context. His heart is for sure in turmoil. I follow Jesus. I showed a strong face. And now all of a sudden I'm a mess. Very hard. Very hard. So as a context also let me give you this verse John 20:17 So a little a chapter before as the father has sent me i also sent you And Peter knows that he had been called to the ministry and he went in exciting excited and for 3 years He did a great job. Learned a lot of lessons. Grew a little. But now in John 21, 1 to 17, he's discouraged. And so in the reading, we we, we read that uh, he says, okay guys, uh, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. And there are so many different interpretations of things and way that in which you can interpret a passage, a phrase, a word in the scripture. And my take is that that he's not saying, you know, I'm going to go for a, a day for the weekend. It's going to be a weekend fishing. Uh, I I think that he's not saying, you know, uh, that's um, a hobby of mine and, you know, I haven't done it in a long time and so it would be nice to go and and do it. This is me. I'm interpreting. And uh, I think that what he was going through was, okay, it was great, three years. He was with us. We were together together. We saw the miracles. And uh, it was great. But, you know, they took him away from us. I know he, he resurrected and I, and I know he died for my sins. I understand that. That's good. But now we don't see him very often. Every once in a while he shows up. So, I don't know. I think I'm just going to go back to what I used to do. And he put a sign in his shop. And the sign said open for business. He was quitting. He was quitting. You know, there are many times in, in the service that we perform for the Lord when we feel like quitting. You know, Many times. Sometimes we're tired. Sometimes somebody says something that is not very kind. Not enough appreciation. Not enough recognition. And not enough people helping. So I get tired. I want to take a break. I think that that's a real possibility that he was quitting. He was discouraged. And he says, I'm going fishing. That's verse 3. You know, the sad thing is that when a leader makes the right decision, he will have followers. But he also gets followers when he makes the wrong decision. And he, uh, after he said that, I can hear the apostles looking at each other. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He's right. We're going with you. Verse 3. We're going with you. We're done. So, those are some of the possibilities because of the human condition that it was. Normal it was natural for them to be discouraged, so he goes out fishing opens up the business again and abundance the ministry and the disciples say yep we're going with you we're going with you and then you you have all the all, all of the other things uh, But in verse 4, the Lord Jesus Christ shows up at the shore while they are fishing. They're not getting anything. And he shows up. When they are in need, he shows up. In the worst moment, because now they're thinking, okay, we left. We're now fishing. We are professional fishermen. And now we're failures too. Because nothing happened. We have failed. We didn't know how to do it. We thought we knew. So they're discouraged again. And have no food. And the Lord shows up. At the shore. You know, the Lord shows up at the shores of our lives every time. When we are discouraged. When we are needy. He shows up. At the shores of our lives. Even though we fail him. He's still there. He's faithful. So. In verse 5, they at the large fish. And in verse 9, the Lord Jesus is waiting for them with a fire and fish and bread. I'd like to read there that the Lord is a provider even when we are not faithful. He is a provider. And he tells them, I'm here again. And I have this fire going. I got fish for you. You don't have any, but I got some fish here for you. So you come and we're going to have breakfast together. And he serves them breakfast. They were probably hungry, work all night, no food. Now there's good fish in the fire. Not only that, there is bread as well. And then he says, well, if you're hungry, guys, let's have some more fish. Bring some of that fish that you caught. Because I told you where to get it. I was a provider there too. For your business, that business that you just opened, now you have 153 fish that you can sell, make some money. I'm still with you, even though you abandoned me. Isn't that the case? That God is so faithful to us in every situation. In every situation. And now, in verse 15, we find this dialogue. This dialogue between the Lord Jesus and Peter. There's a lot of different interpretations about that dialogue some bibles have a title the opportunity for peter to be restored three opportunities for him to be restored in front of his peers three opportunities for him to redeem himself and say i was wrong i do love you and i want to follow you and i want to obey you God is the God of opportunities. Second chances. After. Another one. Another one. Another one. I'm going to make a little parenthesis here. S- s- just to give you an idea of the difficulty in, in interpretation. In translation from one language to another language. Okay? little parenthesis. So, in English, you say, you're pulling my leg, right? Well, you don't want to say that in some cultures. It doesn't sound good in some cultures. To you, sounds very normal, all right? Now, in Spanish, you say, you're pulling my hair. That's what you say. Same, same thing. It means the same thing, Okay? And so, in the scripture, there's a lot of that. And we, we, those of us that try to interpret, we go and read two, three, four, five, ten different people in their effort of interpreting a word, a phrase. Okay? So, there is this guy from the south of the United States. True story. He comes to Latin America. And he's addressing people in the church. And so he smiles big. And he says, I'm tickled to death to be here tonight. And the interpreter says, Sir, sir, can you say that again? And he says, I'm tickled to death to be here tonight. And the the, the interpreter says, Well... I'm going to do my best to, to, to say what he's saying. The man here says that he scratched and scratched until he died. <laughs> All right. So, there is a difficulty. Okay. Another friend of mine had a speaker that was, had knew a few words in, 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 in Spanish. So he says, if you invite me again, I'll come here on a drop of a hat. And the interpreter said something like, he will. if you invite him again, he'll come right away. That's something like that. Well, the interpreter, he was faithful interpreting, but the, the, the speaker didn't like it because he knew a few words. And he said, you never said sombrero. Okay, so that's a little bit of what's going on here. And it's, it's very interesting to see all of the interpretations. One of the interpretation is that one word is agape or agape. The other one is phileo. One word means I love you unconditionally. The other one, I love you as my family, as my relative. Both are good words, okay? And there is an interpretation that says uh, that, that was the key, that one of those words was used on the third time, and that's when he responded the way he did. Okay? It could be, it could be. Uh, and other, other uh, people think that uh, uh, there's proof that those words are used indistinctively in many other passages. So what's, what's the right one? Do you want to know? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, I'm just going to give you an idea, an opinion, all right? Um, the Lord is, is, is giving him a chance, I, I believe, giving him a chance. At the same time, he's also using this as a lesson, the disciples. He's using that as a lesson. He's also saying. I'm a God. Of second chances. He's also saying. I forgive. I overlook. But. The key. I think. Is that he's saying. Just picture this. The Lord is there. 153 fish all over the place because they brought the net. And so they were very close to the fish and they were grabbing fish, putting them in the fire. And the Lord say, is saying, do you love me more than this? The fish. To me it's a natural thing. Do you love me more than this? What is this for us? At one time for me was bicycling. I had to have my family hold me accountable because I was overdoing it. That was this for me. Okay? For other people, can be the newspaper, the television, could be the boat, could be the motorcycle, could be friends, could be family. I don't know. We all need to respond to, to God. And I can figure Peter looking at that fire and maybe feeling really bad because that fire brought some memories. Maybe. As we read the scripture, when he denied the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a fire going. And he's warming himself, just like everybody else. This is a different fire. This fire of provision that the Lord Jesus Christ is providing. He says, I'm here. I'm here for you like I have been and I will continue to be. And he's embarrassed. He's embarrassed. He says, "The Lord, Lord, you know all things. Just know that I'm going to do better from here on. And the Lord says, all right. Just take care of my people. Okay? And you know, that's a responsibility that we all have. To take care of our people with the gifts and abilities that we have. We are only responsible for what God has given to us. I, I wish I could play some of these guys here. Well, God didn't give me that. You know, play like the drums, play the piano. I don't have those gifts. I'm working on some of them, but nobody will invite me to do that. <laughs> so you have gifts. You have abilities. And those gifts need to be used. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ wants from us. Wherever we are, we are not responsible for what we don't have. Only responsible for what we have. Whatever resources we have, including abilities. So, let me pray. And let's take just a few minutes here. So we can, we can tell the Lord, thank you Lord for these gifts. Thank you Lord for these abilities. What am I going to do now with them? How can you w- win the war against materialism? Commit yourself to very specific activities in your local church. Project yourself from your local church to the rest of the community and the world. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. As we come before you, we recognize that that many of us have been in Peter's shoes in different ways, at different levels, and what a wonderful story of redemption what a wonderful story of having the opportunity to start all over and being willing and available to pay the price knowing that you will bless that effort that sacrifice help us help each and every one of us As we get more discipline in serving you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.